Have you ever thought while preparing a message, shouldn't this take less time the more I do it? Crafting and using a good news statement every Sunday. Finding your voice by stepping back and taking a hard look at your teaching with a trusted friend. Thinking about the way your sermon is consumed on media, audio, or video, and how that affects the message. Finding your weekly rhythm and routine of prep. Color coding your notes or manuscript. And how long does it take to preach through the Gospel of Matthew? Today on the podcast, we have a great and candid conversation with Matt Kaiser, lead pastor at the Village Church of Irvine. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Teaching Pastor Podcast. This is Craig Hill, and I am here. I'm here in kind of, it's like a black box, and you have to have the combination (laughs) to get into it. That's right. The Village Church of Irvine with Matt Kaiser. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing great, Craig. Good to be with you. Oh, yeah. So good. It is kind of a, um, it's a great facility. We were just talking about it. Um, How long have you guys been in this spot? So we've been in this building just a little over 10 years uh, in this form of this church. Uh, church has been in this facility for a little over 12 years, and so uh, a really kind of unique situation here in the city of Irvine, and we are very, very, very grateful to have uh, a footprint in this city. Yeah, it's awesome, and this is a great, a great spot. It is. You, then you have to deal with the Irvine company. We do, and uh, and we we <laughs> we have some friends there, and so it's been uh, they've been very kind to us. Yeah, that's good. Well, I, and and they they've bugged this, so anytime their name comes up, like that's right, I'll I'll have a knock on the door <laughs> from Guido and Knuckles. I'm sure pretty soon. Oh, uh, it could happen. So cool. So you also, Matt, you're you're the senior pa- or the lead pastor, senior pastor here. Lead pastor, yeah. That's and what you're we also say. some kind of a mucky muck with Acts 29. Is that Something like a reform like title, mucky muck? Or <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kind of a nobody from nowhere. I'm a, I'm a just a area director for Acts 29 Orange County. Okay. So I get the privilege of helping uh, create a strategy for church planning in Orange County, uh, supporting church planters, getting our guys together to have a vision for uh, our city and planting churches. People need Jesus. So that's right, man. That's awesome. Proclaim the name of Jesus in Irvine. Yeah. What, like, what are some of the challenges in Orange County for that kind of stuff? I mean, we'll get to the teaching stuff. I'm just curious about the church planning stuff. Yeah. I think challenges for church planning, gosh, are are kind of multiple. uh, That's a (laughs) Can we spend the whole time talking about this? I guess we could. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just opened up the can of worms. No, but I mean, obviously, just uh, we were saying we're grateful for the space, and that's because yeah. space is a huge problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, just kind of getting a place to be and to meet and to settle. Doing mobile church is great, but what we found is uh, planning churches is, especially in Irvine, you know, you're in a school for a while, and then you're only there for so long, and then you got to move space. I got a buddy who's planning. He was at a certain church. Uh, School here in Irvine just found out he's moving to another one, and he's just going to be kind of playing that game for a while. Right. And it's just so from everything to facilities to people's time, all the you know ability they have to to give time to an endeavor like a church plant. Church planting is a really really hard thing, and not just for the church planter, but for the people that are along for the for the plant. Yeah. And so uh, I think in a community where uh, where people move here largely for what the community can offer them. Yeah. Um, being part of a church plant is challenging because it's not really so much. <laughs> what the plant can offer you, but what you can offer. Ask not what your country can do for you. <laughs> Ask not for a yeah. fully formed youth group yes, and children's right. ministry. Yes, exactly. So, Be that children's ministry. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Maybe we could do a whole podcast on that. Oh, one. we could. All right. But but this is the teaching pastor. And so let's talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. So you hear it at a village. Um, how often are you in the pulpit? And what is it? What does team look like for you guys yeah. here? No, that's a good question. Um, I am in the pulpit most of the time. I'm in the pulpit maybe two to three times a month. Okay. Uh, our associate pastor does a great job. Uh, our church uh, values training, and so you know we'd like to get other guys in the pulpit. Uh, generally, it's our elders. Uh, it might be someone that's a guest uh, preacher here. Sometimes our deacons who are trained uh, well through our apprentice academy, they'll uh, be preaching or teaching on a Sunday morning. We've done team teaching uh, on Sunday morning as well, where two of our apprentice kind of faculty will uh, take a morning basically to teach our church about something in particular. So let's say it's uh, it's communion, the Lord's Supper, or it's baptism or something like that. We, we do a teaching, and sometimes we even do team teaching. But most of the time, uh, I'm preaching two to three times a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, our associate pastor's there, and then some of our other elders. And uh, that's kind of the way that we do things here at the village. So you're about, what, like 30 to 30, 32, 35 yeah, times? Yeah, somewhere in there. And I'm, then you've got a good, you got a bench that, that is, uh, that's real capable? Yeah, yeah. Way? You know, I've, I've honestly never really counted. <laughs> 
I think I've lost count. Maybe the elders been, count at some yeah, point. Yeah, no, I've, I haven't been counting. But but we just we kind of have a natural rhythm where okay. we shoot for you know three and then one off or two off. And yeah. and in seasons where it feels like you know I got a lot going on, some of the guys will take a little bit more of the load. And yeah. seasons where I can give a little more, I will. And so I feel like we got a we got a great team and we got a good rhythm. That's cool. Now you guys are kind of at your medium sized church. Yeah. What does that then look like in terms of like media? Like how many people touch your message? or have some kind of touch in what it looks like on a Sunday morning before you give it. So in terms of your prep but also the media side, do you have do you have graphics folks that are that are doing stuff or Yeah, yeah. So you know, we're a we're a maybe a on the small side of the mid-sized yeah. church, right? Like right. we were chatting about earlier. And so, but we've got a great team that does, you know, social media stuff for us. Nice. And so we're giving previews uh, every Friday. Hey, this is what's going on on Sunday. Uh, we've got preview uh, kind of questions or, or statements rather. We've got, uh, you know, questions that come out after on a Monday or even Sunday night. Um, we have a larger, you know, I should know the metrics on this, <laughs> frankly. And uh, I don't know the exact number, but but when our guys look at our metrics on our website, um, it's uh, it surprises me, you know, how many how many people are listening. And I don't know if huh. my 10-year-old son is just going, Click, 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 yeah, click, or, click, or, click. You know, <laughs> your your mom, know my yeah, mom is like, she's yeah, my, to my grandma, like 10 yeah, times. Just, yeah. I don't know if that's it, but uh, <laughs> but no, it really surprised me, which actually um, causes me to take, you know, what we're doing around here in terms of yeah. preaching uh, all the more seriously. Yeah, you, know? you think about, I mean, just the in this day and age, it's not just the folks that are here on a Sunday morning there, and and how many people who aren't who haven't made it who are normal attenders, yeah. and yet now they can have access to your message. And like you said, you look at how many of those downloads and um, yeah, it's 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 a, it's another way you have to think about how your uh, that's being consumed in that way. Yeah. I mean, we were we had a family that was uh, living in uh, in the UK for uh, for quite a long time, was listening and tracking with all our Sunday wow. sermons for a year. Uh, eventually moved here and and became part of our church. Oh, awesome. uh, we've had people in China listening to our sermons and then ending up moving to Irvine and find themselves here. Actually, I talked with a gal. They're not alone if no, they're from no. China and they've moved to Irvine. <laughs> well, that's for sure. But I was actually I was this morning uh, just kind of bit you know stuck my head in you know at the the uh, the women's ministry uh, Bible study afterwards and, and and met this gal who's a new believer in our church who came here from China and her neighbor's been sharing the gospel with her. No way. Um, but you know. We have those kind of connections, and so yeah. you never know. You know? Yeah, now, is it just audio? Do you guys put audio up, or do you do video? Yeah, and that's audio? a good question. So we do audio right now. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw you no, like cringe oh, into I the fetal position. Yeah, no, <laughs> there was a season where we did uh, we did some more video, and our kind of excuse was like our backdrop looks a little lame, right? We got to get that cleaned up. We got to get the right camera, and so we're working on it. I mean, you can see like yeah. we're, we're doing good when that's all lit up. It's nice, and yeah. and we got our better camera now. So yeah, it's just a team of people doing it and getting everything set right. So I think eventually we'll go back to putting some videos. Up. But yeah. uh, but right now we're just we're just audio and frankly man listen, it's hard even just to listen to yourself. Much as I don't really want people watching me. Yeah, Are you crazy? Well, yeah. I, I, <laughs> well, hey, look, you've got the requisite palettes. You know, you've got yeah. Work, no, we know, look we look cooler than we are. That's for sure. <laughs> that is for sure. Well, that's it's great, and it is it 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 is one of those things to think about. Like, if you are teaching, you have to think about how people are consuming it and what oh, yeah. that means about the way you're doing it. Like you said, yeah. you, know, you listen to it, you watch it, you see everything that you don't like, but other people are consuming it as well. And so yeah. the idea of delivery, I'm not a big, somebody asked me how, when I got so interested in homiletics and I'm like, I don't really care. Yeah. But the more I think about it, the more I think, no, there is, there is something about just presentation verbal clarity things like that that are important are you thinking about that yeah yeah i am actually i've got a few categories i'm i'm looking at you know when i'm when i'm doing something like this and like i mean i'm not baptist but like any good preacher like I mean, they all start with I. I just got them from someone else at some point in my life. But but just this <laughs> idea like i know there's indifferent people you know people that really they have no desire to know god they just got dragged here by someone um there's people that are inoculated they they believe um, they're Christians because of their church background or their family, you know, background or attendance or something like that. Um, there's people that are invested. People that are invested in other um, systems of belief, uh, even secularism. You know, it would count. I think there in our context, that's for sure. Um, there's people that would just be, and I say this in the best possible way. I, I, I use the word ignorant. I don't mean it in a pejorative I way. Of course, right? They just don't know. Just don't understand. Yeah. Although they might want to. And then there's people that are interested. You know, there's people that genuinely are coming and they're interested. 
and they're investigating. And, and by the grace of God, you know, my, my theology tells me uh, it's, it's by the grace of God that they would even be interested in the first place. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I look at those terms and I think about those things, you know, as I'm preparing to come to Sunday. Yeah. Um, you know, I think about different names. I got a whiteboard in my office yeah. and I, you know, I might put up names and, and just think about different kinds of people in our church. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's absolutely. That's, and that is a good, I, that's a good question to think about is who, who do you have in mind when you're preaching a sermon? Yeah. You know, it's funny cause, um, <laughs> I preached a few sermons, uh, in the last six months where, you know, someone would come up and say, Hey, like, uh, was that, was that meant for me? You know, it's like, no, actually, I didn't really have you in mind. I had someone else in mind. <laughs> so truth be told, so gosh darn it, if anyone from my church is listening to this, I do have people in mind. <laughs> uh, yeah. But well, I mean, as any good shepherd would, you think about the sheep yeah. when you think about what you're doing. I mean, we care about them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the, the broader community as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, Training. Where did you receive training, Matt? Like what? Um, or either whether it's formal training or the school of hard knocks. Like yeah, no. I mean, I got formative so, experience. So here's my here's my opportunity just to give kind of one of my spiritual fathers a little a little props. Yeah. Lyle, Lyle Castle. I know you you know Lyle and and just what a what a great guy who um, and a great kind of spiritual father. He I was an intern with him for years and just watched him preach and his passion for preaching and for teaching. Um, you know, I just uh, I so appreciate the, his investment in my life, and uh, you know, I went into uh, to college at UCI, and and then uh, went over to Talbot after that, and so got some I guess formal training, yeah, if, form, if you will, formal right? training, absolutely <laughs> at, uh, at Talbot. Doctor Sanukian, how many guys out there have uh, have uh, have done that? Class, and we've had right? we've had him on the podcast. <laughs> oh, great! Hey, Doctor Sanukian, you did a good job. <laughs> You know, so we, uh, yeah, I mean, did some formal training and then, uh, and then some of that was just, you know, listening. I, I love listening to preaching, you know, mm. and, uh, I wish I could have more Sundays off to go and just sit. Matter of fact, you know, when I was on sabbatical, I, I came to grace where you guys are at church yeah. and, and I loved, you know, we came for a few weeks and I love just coming to church yeah. and not having anything kind of going on and sitting and listening to preaching in a church other than my own, yeah. you know, and, uh, we, I love that. And so, you know, I would just listen to other preachers and, and, uh. Yeah, I think it's just training in that kind of way too. Yeah, is there? A, so you came out of Talbot, and did you immediately start Village, or were you somewhere else? Or um, so I, uh, I went to I went to school at Talbot. Actually, the the a church that we kind of were involved in some early early stages of planting um, was a church called New Harvest Community Church, and and that church did a really great job in, of investing in us. Um, they sent me to seminary. Um, they invested in me, and in, in oh, that's some, awesome. Yeah, no, I mean I. I, I just when I tell guys my story, they're, they're kind of all a little. Uh, I guess is there a godly jealousy? <laughs> well, I mean, if you don't, no you know, student loans is a great. That's no, a great, well, trust uh, me, I had no student loans. Yeah. No, I didn't pay for any of my books. I paid for nothing. Right, oh, that's so great. they invested in me so so much, yeah. and uh, really thankful for that. And so yeah, I was was going to seminary as I was helping in that process with that that small church, getting it um, started, and investing in youth ministry, and doing some associate pastor work, and kind of preaching and teaching, and in whatever way you know they needed us to, yeah. needed me to. Yeah, and so that's kind of that's kind of how things got started there. Yeah. So so. With this in mind, it's, it's it's interesting. On the podcast, sometimes we have people just kind of fresh out the gate or yeah. maybe that teach one or two a year. And mm -hmm. then some people who have done it for 20, 25 years, mm -hmm. you're right in the middle of that kind of, <laughs> you know, and th but, yeah. but it, yeah. in the sense yeah. of like, I think what one of the interesting questions it, with that is, do you feel like you found your voice like in the pulpit as you yeah. think about listening to other question. people? And what do you think were some of the things that helped you to at least get where you are in finding your own voice, your own style? Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's a great question. Um, I think the, the short answer to the question is is yes. I think I have found my voice in a sense. And uh, and really that is, for me, um, revolving around what I've been doing the last, gosh, maybe three or four years now. It can't be any longer than that, honestly. And I mean, I preached a lot of sermons before yeah. <laughs> before the last three years right. and, and found like, yeah, it took me a long time to no find doubt. my voice. But about three or four years ago, I um, was actually having uh, lunch with another pastor who's part of another denomination that I'm, I'm usually not really hanging out with or whatever. And and he was talking to me about about preaching a little bit. We were talking about it. And and he mentioned this idea about a good news statement that he uses and uh, and it just got me thinking about you know how gospel centered are my sermons, mm. and and how connected to the actual good news are my sermons, and what am I doing? Am I am I just you know am I giving people a lot of other 
good stuff, but not the best stuff. Um, so anyway, I made a decision about three, three and a half years ago to center my sermons around this good news statement. And so my goal in that is to take any passage of scripture that we're in um, and then take, you know, people's life circumstances and, the, you know, kind of the application part of that and just try to try to build a bridge. And uh, and so our good news statement every every week comes either at the beginning or middle, usually at the end of the sermon. Um, I think to do, give the good news statement, you know, at the beginning and build it all out is a little easier to put on the end is a little harder. But, uh, but what would anyway, be an example of a, of a good news statement or is it one particular thing that you're that you're thinking of. Yeah, I know. So every, every sermon will have uh, a good news statement. This Sunday, um, we were talking about uh, the return of Jesus. And so we were talking about uh, the cross and we we're talking about, um, you know, the, the judgment of God or the justice of God being poured out on Jesus on the cross. And, uh, and so the good news statement revolved around that idea that, that when Jesus returns, like we don't have to be afraid. We can just, we can look forward with a lot of joy hmm. because, uh, because his coming is going to be like the fig tree, right? Where the bloom comes in and it's, it's letting us know that summer is coming. There's a, there's a warm time. The sun S O N right is, is actually coming. So our good news statement revolved around this idea that Jesus has taken all the justice of God on himself so we can enjoy the love of God and look forward to the coming of Jesus with joy, like no, no fear of judgment. Right. So it, it always revolves around the passage. It always revolves around some kind of issue in, in people's lives. Um, so yeah, anyway, it's a lot more succinct than that. Yeah. Do, do you try to get just one, like yeah. one phrase or one sentence? Yeah. Yeah. I try to get one phrase, one sentence. Um, it's no more than, yeah, no more than a sentence. Every and does it, week. what does it have to incorporate just in terms of the good news? Like, are you talking... Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. You know, I'm I'm just trying to create a bridge between the realities, the truths of the gospel, and the passages that we're in. I don't have a, I don't really have a formula okay, for it. Yeah, I always I always ask myself, is, is this actually really good news? Right. <laughs> so if so if if my good news statement is not gospel oriented, uh. if it's not about faith, grace, if it's about kind of what we do and not what he's done, even okay. a little bit, I'm like, uh, I can't. I, that, that can't be a good news statement. So it has to be something something news. theocentric or Absolutely. or, or uh, Jesus central. Yes. That what God's doing in his in his sovereignty. Yeah. Because you're a good reformed guy. It's got to be. I'm doing my best to <laughs> try to toe the party line. You know. <laughs> watch. Yeah, yeah. The watchdogs can come get you. They, They're listening well, too. Trust me. Oh, I know they are. No, that's great. That is that's really interesting. And so about three years ago, you kind of adopted that idea of just of really boiling it down to one good yeah. news statement and and aiming in that direction. Yeah, you know, and I think um, one of the things that happened for me as well is uh, I was doing some study on the Holy Spirit and finding in the Old Testament some of the imagery for the Holy Spirit, um, you know, oil, water, fire, these kinds of things. And I don't know how else to say it to you other than my sense was, if I could say it that way, my yeah. sense was the Lord was was showing me that in my preaching, I was trying to bring the fire and yeah. and I was trying to sprinkle in a little oil and water, if you will. Mm. And so my my preaching was um, was aimed at the refining part of 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 that. Like, you know, the, the, the fire is the refining part. It's the it's the hot part. It's the heat part. And, you know, the. The, the oil is, uh, is the healing salve, right? And, it's, uh, and, and the water is, is the refreshment, the life. Huh. And, and so I just felt like the Lord, um, I mean, I don't know how else to say it, but I felt like the Lord kind of impressing upon me, hey, Matt, like you're, so all, what you need to do is you need to focus on uh, my, my goodness, my refreshment, huh. my healing. So focus the on the water, the water and the oil. I will bring the fire. Nice. And I think... Maybe that's just a good, huh. um, if I could just posture, maybe yeah. that's just good, like, encouragement or admonishment to some preachers. Like, totally. that's not, you know, if you think you're bringing the fire, like, that's not, that's not your, and I found out that the hard way. You huh. know, it took me a lot of years to feel like, oh, my job is to bring the fire. And I felt like God saying, no, you know, I'll, I will do that. And, um, and so that good news statement, in my mind, just, I want to bring a lot of joy, a lot of encouragement. Hmm. Um, you know, to people. I, I want that statement to be very healing, right? The oil. I want it to be very life-giving, mm -hmm. the water. Um, you know, that statement, um, I mean, it never really is focused on the fire, right? Yeah. Um, he'll do that, and he does. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And maybe, and maybe it will come through you, but without... A little more organically. Yeah, more organically and, and not starting there. Again, yeah. that was the weight. Before that time, before the last three years, I think the weight of my sermons mm. were just, I got to bring the fire. And at the end, 
oh man, that was kind of hard. Um, so I'll sprinkle a little mm. water and oil in there for him, you know. Yeah. At the just at the end, and now no, no, no. I'm I'm focused uh, on man. I want to bring, want to bring a lot of refreshment and healing and. And there are some hard things. I mean, listen, <laughs> I talked about the seven woes, you know, the Pharisees. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that wasn't easy. And then we've been talking about the coming of Jesus. And uh, we did the, we did the, this last week. I did uh, uh, the parable of the uh, the, the ten uh, virgins. I mean, look, some of this is not easy stuff. Yeah. And and so you especially know, especially as you get near the end of Matthew. No, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm going to yeah. preach it like it is, right. right? But that good news statement is always there. Mm to leave our people refreshed. And so what we typically try to do too is end our service with it. So, you know, after the sermon, there's responsive worship. People are going back and taking communion. Um, they are uh, giving other tithes and offerings. They're connecting with each other and praying. We're singing songs. Mm-hmm. At the end of all that, we do a few annou- announcements. And then someone typically reminds people, hey, remember, the good news today is, mm-hmm. and there's a good news statement to kind of send them out the door. So That's great. Yeah. Now that must have been a little, I mean, look, having preached a bunch of sermons and then you get, through that and you're like I got to change something up like that's that's a humbling it was very process yeah <laughs> yeah it was a little demoralizing <laughs> you're not gonna lie demoralize I you know humbling is a spiritual way to say it, but yeah. demoralizing disorienting yeah like you know, were there some were there some folks that were helping you with that or was this just you like coming nah, to, that's a coming great to terms? question you know um I think it was mostly me coming to terms but there was actually um yeah there was one of my elders in particular who is and still is a good friend he's uh he's moved away he lives in a different state now but mm. he um he was always very kind to me and you know he would listen to my sermons for me I asked him to mm. uh, I really valued his input I he uh, he had a really good ear and um and he knew me well and so yeah he would review my sermons with me on a weekly basis mm. and so there were a couple times where very lovingly he came and said hey um you know, maybe you could think about this. Mm. Maybe maybe have this thought, you know, for next week. And so he was very kind and gentle in the way he would approach me on those things. And and he did that for the better part of four or five years, you know, mm. just speaking into my life in little ways like that. Yeah. And I'm sure he saw a whole lot more than I did, a whole lot sooner than sure. I did, and loved me enough to come alongside me and and uh, and help me with that. So yeah. I would say um, I would say him and a couple other guys. But but mainly it was just that uh, yeah that summer I just said I'm just going to read books on the Holy Spirit mm. and prayer and. Um, and God really met me as I as I was reading through the Old Testament and and kind of an I mean in yeah. a sense kind of an odd spot to 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 get hit with that reality on your preaching but yeah but hey that's that's the way it happened well you know I think that anybody who has done any time of preaching really appreciates you saying something about that hmm. that a lot of times preachers will just say hey look I yeah, I'm doing it's all upward and onward and always moving towards the better, you know. <laughs> there yeah. is there is a great humility and a great and a great confidence that can come uh, of just saying I'm going to take a step back and I if I'm going to if I need to make adjustments, I'm going to make adjustments. So that's yeah. I I mean on this podcast like that's holy ground when someone is saying, "Look, I I took a good hard look and I and I think that I think the imagery of of fire, oil, water. I think that's it really me, interesting. It helped me so much. Where did you come? So where much. did you find that? Like, where was that? Oh man, I can't even remember. I was reading a number of books on on the Holy Spirit, and um, and I was reading through the Old Testament, and I, I can't even remember mm. where it came from. But I just, it was like a moment. I, it was actually, <laughs> um, I was driving. Is when it happened. When it when it came to me. Perfect. You know, yeah, we were driving. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can't we, you see, I'm driving. That's right. We. <laughs> We were actually driving on a trip to Utah. I love I love road trips. My family does. And I was driving, and the family was kind of doing their thing. I think my wife might have been sleeping, and uh-huh. the red rocks, you know, and the beauty. and everything. I was just praying, talking to the Lord, and, and just talking to the Lord about all these things. And uh, it was actually in that moment, you know, when, 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 I, when it really struck mm-hmm. me. You know, I'd been reading these things. I'd, I'd been reading books. Again, I'd been in the Old Testament. And I don't know how else to say it, like I said, but in just in a snapshot of a moment— it, it just sort of yeah. all became clear, and I saw those three image, images, and I felt like God was was impressing upon me those things. No doubt. So that's that's kind of how it happened for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say, though, that, you know, is, is uh, I don't know if it was demoralizing, but, <laughs> but as humbling as that was, I got to tell you, the good news statement thing is super exciting to huh. me. And so if I'm not preaching here on a Sunday, um, you know, I've told our associate pastor and our other elders, like, hey, if you're going to get behind the pulpit— um, you're going to have a good news statement, mm. you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm 
fairly dogmatic about yeah. it. You know, I'm, I think it's a great I'm culture. I'm just like, hey, this is what we do. And and so every Sunday, uh, before I say the good news statement, I always say something like, hey, I, I have good news for you this morning, though. And 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 it's this. And I want to tell you, like, oh. here at the Village Church, like, we want to give you good news every Sunday. We just believe Jesus is really good. Yeah. And and his gospel's good. And so here's here's a good news statement that's connected to the larger good news. And so the nice thing about that is. It always also gives me a springboard to share the actual good news, yeah. right? So I feel like in short form or in a little longer form, I'm actually sharing the gospel every single Sunday mm-hmm. in a sermon. I don't think there's a Sunday that goes by where in some way, shape, or form, yeah. it, whether it's, like I said, in shorter extended form, I am sharing the gospel. And that good news statement really helps me. It gives me a great entree to do. Yeah. Oh, I love it. You're pumping me up. I mean, <laughs> to be able to stand up in front of people and say, hey, look— We've got good news for you this morning. Yeah. Like that, that is really life giving. Listen, so. I need that. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram. I'm a number seven. So okay. I'm like, I'm like the happy, you know, you're guy the enthusiast. Or whatever. Yeah, I'm the enthusiast. Yeah. Except my wing was like an eight, which I think is like the real, like, like strong type yeah. A person. Yeah. So I guess it's like, I like to have fun, but yeah. if you're not, if you don't want to have fun my way, then I could get, you're pretty you know, straightforward. <laughs> You're a straightforward I guy. Go, I could go to my Italian heritage really quickly. You're you know, X twenty nine. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> right. Hey, man, we got we got, we got a better reputation today, I think, than we ever. A lot had. of sevens with eight yeah, wings yeah, in the no. old X twenty nine. Yeah. Network. So you know, we're. Uh, but but so I like that personally myself. Yeah. But listen, I need that. Yeah. 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 I need I need to be reminded of the good news every every day, right? Yeah. For, for that matter, Absolutely. every week, right? So, so when I'm prepping my sermons, like. Honestly, man, this is good stuff for my soul. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, from for me, yeah. So I get excited about it because I don't know. I <laughs> who wants to talk about bad news? <laughs> who wants to talk about you know all the things that, frankly, sometimes we talk about. Sometimes I talked about in my yeah. sermons that were more uh, works oriented or something like that. Sure. Look, that is not good news in yeah. any way, shape, or form. Yeah. That's bad news. Um, well, that's and, and that is that's you know we all need to hear that over and over and over. All right, let's talk about your prep. Let's talk about that. So when you are when you are prepping, um, what are you using? Like, what are you using to look at the text? Like, what are you using to kind of geek out? Are you? It seems like you've you've kind of embraced the electronic world. You seem like a, a bit, bit of an early adopter. Like, yeah. how, how what are you using? Translations, Bible software. How are yeah. you looking at text? Um, well, I'm not that much of a geek. I'm 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 more of an exhorter, um, and so uh, I would say I'm less of an academic. Okay. You know, and uh, and more of a, you know when I was at at Talbot, they didn't have a practical theology degree, and so I just created my own with a bunch of electives and, and things like that. So listen, um, I took uh, I guess I took a couple semesters of Greek and. And uh, and a little a little help in Hebrew. I um, I use just a couple of tools. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got uh, I've got a Logos software, and I've got you know I've got a pretty good package on there, or whatever. Yeah. And so I got access to a lot there. And um, honestly, <laughs> shout out to the guys at Blue Letter Bible. Yeah. I mean, I'll hop on there and I'll go to stuff for uh, for for a language you know work and, and things like that. So. Those guys have been a huge help uh, with Blue Letter Bible, and then other than that, I got you know certain comment commentary series um, you know that I would look into, and uh, I typically go to some of the similar ones, but I go to best commentaries and check out you know what everyone else is saying as well. Yeah. But uh, in terms of my own prep, I mean, my prep starts a little in advance. I mean, I, I try to schedule my sermon series out. You yeah, know. how far out are you? Like, well, so, I mean, so well, Matthew. I mean, Matthew. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Matthew. We'll we, get to Matthew in a second, yeah, right. but think on the front side of Matthew. When when did you decide to do Matthew ahead of time, and how far out did you plan? Yeah, that? about a, a few months before that. Okay. Um, and, and then truth be told, like we're actually looking at a little summer series to give us a break from Matthew until we get to the end so that we can kind of end it right on time with Advent series in December. So we're playing the game a little bit, right? But uh, but we just decided on our summer series, and, and we're getting all that you know together. Okay. It's going to be 12 weeks, you know, and, yeah. and, and not too big of a deal. But uh, So you're about a month out. And that way, well, in the short series, the short we could series. go, we could go a month or two out. But for something like Matthew, like I'm thinking about it, I'm reading books on it. Yeah. You know, I might be, gosh, I might be six months a year out. Yeah. Right. And then I begin countering it, scheduling it, um, having our team read some things if that's what I want, you right. know, see happen and, and things like that. So, yeah, um, actually uh, planned out in January. Uh, I'm going to start preaching through Daniel. So I know, okay. I know that now. And so we're gonna we're gonna kind of um, go with this idea, you know, kind of Christians living in a in a little bit of a contentious culture, a yeah. little bit, right? Yeah. And so these kind of ideas. So we're gonna we're gonna go with Daniel, get back in the Old Testament here in January. So I already know. So that's that seven that's, months out. Yeah, I know that's happening. So like I said, about six months, you right. know, and right. And so uh, yeah, that's the way we're planning that. Um, 
in terms of the weekly prep, I mean, you know, I try to get in the passage devotionally myself a week or two before I'm in it. Okay. So I could tell you that I spent a, I spent a couple weeks devotionally in uh, in in the, se- the the seven woes. I mean, that that okay. stuff is kind of hard to and that's matthew what is that matthew 20, yeah we're in 24, 24. right there and okay. yeah 23 24 25 as we approach you know that section but um yeah i mean the woes to the scribes and pharisees are kind of um tough stuff to chew through yeah, you know devotionally and i just want to make sure yeah, i'm going through this stuff myself right you know and so yeah i'll take a week or two um pray through those things i like praying scripture mm-hmm. so i'll sit down uh, for an hour and i'll just i'll just pray over those scriptures mm. and so I uh, I want to do this stuff devotionally first. I don't expect that that my my people, our people, right, should be hearing it and thinking about how they're going to apply it to their own life mm-hmm. before I've done that, right? right. So so that's kind of that's kind of where my prep starts. Is it? And do you are you doing that? So let's just think about. This, I'm a week out. You're a week out. Yep. And do you start it on Monday or is Monday day off or how? Yeah, do you I know. That? Reading through it devotionally, um, and uh, sometimes my my thoughts about it start you know Sunday evening. Yeah. You know even and uh, my day off is Friday actually. Okay. And so I'll get back into it on Monday. I'll start prepping a little bit on Monday. Um, the bulk of my prep will happen either on Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, I'll try to firm stuff up uh, by Thursday, Thursday afternoon, evening, because I want to have my day off on Friday. Uh, truth be told, some weeks that happens, some weeks it doesn't, right? Some weeks, <laughs> some weeks Friday at four o'clock, the family's gone, and I'm like, I'm gonna sneak another little, you know. And and I I am kind of anal about that a little bit. I think I think I need to learn to kind of let it go a little bit more. I think I spend more time than I I need to a little bit, you know, in in that in that part of it. Um, so I so get a, Monday so Monday is just you and the text. Monday's devotionally. Just me the, yeah, Monday's just me and the text. Well, devotionally is the week before. Monday's just me and the text, reading through it, kind of parsing it out myself, mm-hmm. you know, getting a sense of where I'm going to go. Um, Wednesday's really kind of getting more, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday's getting more meat on the bones okay. on, on that. And then, uh, you know, maybe Wednesday I'll, I'll, you know, I'll read another sermon, I'll listen to another sermon, or I'll, I'll read some commentaries on the passage and think, oh, I, you know, I missed that, or oh, I found that. And I do my best to, uh, to, uh, to shout out or throw a, you know, recognize a guy, whoever, yeah. uh, whoever it is that, yeah. you know, is, uh, is helping hard, me on it's that. It's hard to say something entirely unique. Totally. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's the Bible's been around for a long time. I'm doing my best. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And so, uh, yeah, I do that and, uh, get, get to Friday and try to, try to wrap things up definitely by Thursday and or Friday. And, yeah. and then on Sunday morning, uh, I'm up, you know, probably like most guys at O dark 30, yeah, right. right. And, and, uh, and I'm praying, in. I'm on my knees. I'm saying, you know, God, give me a, a power and presence. that's not my own and tinkering a little bit and yeah. finishing up any last minute thing on my keynote that I think I need mm-hmm. to fix and send it off to the guys and, and get on over here. Yeah. So, um, two things. So you use keynote yep. for your presentation software. Yeah. Okay. You, and, uh, you're not a PowerPoint guy. You like keynote, oh, man, you know, since I got the Mac, I, I just, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I hear what you're keynote. saying. Yeah. I've been, I have used Prezi, which is an online and oh. it, it moves around. It's not like slides, mm-hmm. and but it takes a little bit to learn it. But um, but Keynote, I love Keynote as well. It's it's, it's sleek. Easy. It's, it it feels Macish. You yeah, know? it does feel Macish. And I think the nice thing is, I mean, our associate pastor and our team. I mean, basically, they give me a template, and okay. I'm just <laughs> and then, <laughs> I'm just cut and paste, right? I mean, <laughs> I'm doing my best, you know. And and they, truth be told, they uh, they clean it up probably quite right. a bit before it gets there on Sunday. And do you use a do you manuscript or do you use just notes? Are you more um, ah yes? Um, so no, I don't manuscript. I use notes. That's kind of evolved over the years too. Uh, I think I write down less today than I have. Okay. Um, but I do have a little pattern. So I do, um, <laughs> I do my, I do my main points in like a 14 bold font. I do the sub points in like a 12 bold font. Um, I do kind of the things I'm going to say in, in in regular black font, black black you know text. Um, usually those are like a sentence or two, or maybe just a three sentence thought. Right. Sometimes it's just a bullet point thought that keys me in. Um, all of my analogies or my quotes are in blue. All the scripture is in red. And all my transitions are in green. Nice. This so is awesome. This I mean, is a, <laughs> it's a rainbow of flavors. So if, like you, if you don't, if your color printer yes. runs out of ink, you are. I'm in trouble. You're in trouble. Yes, I'm in trouble. But what happened but, to all my green? No, yeah. 
Oh, man, it just helps me. I try not to look at my notes too much. I try to, right. you know, Dr. Snooking told us to try to memorize our sermons. Right. And uh, I'm not sure I've, I've completely memorized my sermon in quite some time. But I pretty much, you know, I pretty much know what I'm saying. Right. But those those colors actually help me know, oh, yeah, that quote's coming up. Where it's, yeah. I know where it's going. Where and, you're at. Yeah, so that, that makes that. No, that's a great, I think that's a great thing. I, I think one of the things, as I've talked with, with um, pastors, is they see people get up and they see people bring notes up. But in terms of what's on those notes. Yeah. You know, some it's different. Everybody's different. You yeah. talk to Sanukian and he's talking about he has it all on one page, yeah. you know, with no margins or whatever. And and you've got yeah. color coded and other people are bold italics and all that stuff. I think for me, I use um, I don't manuscript, but there are when I'm writing a sermon, there are certain phrases that I want to oh, make sure. sure that I get right. I do. Yeah. And um, even if you're not using a manuscript, you're manuscript. There definitely is a flow. There is a flow. There's a flow to what I'm doing. Yeah. And again, I think more of, I'm again, I'm more of an exhorter, I think. And so uh, the, those short kind of bullet points or those kind of big idea things, I can kind of key in. And it's just comfortable for me to key in on those big things. Yeah. Honestly, I think of my manuscript, I'd get lost yeah. just staring down at the paper right. and, and trying to, you know, kind of, I mean, some guys do that really well, right? right. We know we know a lot of great examples. But, um, yeah, I think those little little bullet points and little, little phrases, they, they help me stay on track. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Now... Um, you've been in Matthew. Yeah. How, so you decided to, pr- Matthew's a long book. It is. <laughs> when did you start and how many, how many messages have come so far now that you're in chapter 24? Oh, that's a good question. Or um, roundabouts. Remember I told you I don't count? That's right. Remember I said I'm not counting? You're not a detailed guy, Matt. You're, you're a 30,000 foot guy. That's right. I'm not, I'm not counting this you're stuff. You're a movement, you're a movement <laughs> guy. So we, um, we will be in Matthew for about. For about two years. Wow. We'll be in Matthew for about two, two years. Two years with, with breaks at Advent and probably with breaks, Easter. With breaks, and, yeah. yeah. So um, I think we're going to do, I know this sounds this sounds crazy. I mean, this sounds weird, me even saying it, but we're going to do about, about 80 sermons. Wow. In Matthew. Yeah. Yeah, two years. That would be about uh, two years. You yeah, think about maybe a bit more. 40 weeks a year devoted to, yeah. to that. Yeah. Yep, broken it up, and and also you know of course Matthew's broken up with discourses and such, right. right? So there are ways that we have broken it up that I think have been helpful, kind of give us our people a little break and reprieve. We come back in, right? Of course, it, during Advent season, we try to stay away from Matthew passages, yeah. right? <laughs> try to go to Luke and right. and John a little bit here. So uh, yeah. yeah, but I, you know what? Honestly, I think our people have really enjoyed it. I love I love preaching through the Gospels. Yeah. I love it. Matter of fact, my I mean I preach through uh, well I I preach through Mark. I preach through Luke in part, and I preach through John. So Luke is the only one I haven't done sort of in total the way I've done Matthew, but right. I I love, over the last 10 or 12 years I've done all of them, I love preaching through the gospel. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a pretty good chunk of, of a percentage if you've preached through that many gospels yeah. in a 10-year period. That's pretty good. Yeah. You know what? People love hearing about Jesus. You know what? Turns out Jesus Jesus is a good guy. Turns out he's pretty central <laughs> to what we're turns, doing. Turns out we should probably talk about <laughs> Jesus as much as we can. Oh, you know what? That's actually something that someone said when we weren't preaching through Matthew uh, here at the village. People say all the time, wow, you know, um, you said Jesus so many times in your sermon. And um, and I think they were a little... Uh, were surprised, they oh, you know, surprised, surprised, but, but that's kind of music to my ears, yeah. to be honest, you know, um, there's worse words you could say. There are worse words you could say. <laughs> I guess so. There are worse words you could say. I did, I did, uh, on one of my sabbatical seasons, you know, I, I went, I went a couple places on a Sunday morning and, uh, and in a sermon did not hear his name one time. Yeah. And I, I don't mean that in an indicting no, way. I get it's it, just I get that, it. that in the right. same way that it surprised, it, it surprised yeah. me. Right. It surprised me. So, Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I've you know you're listening to a, a, a sermon, really good story, and it's like you're 25 minutes in, and you're like, well, is, is are you going to talk about the Bible or you know I've heard yeah. not not for you, but you listen, and sometimes it's just it, it, it's not intentional as much no. as it's just where you've ended up on the topic or on the story or whatever is happening. But there is this kind of sense of, hey, maybe at some point I need to make sure that I'm hammering the right nail. Well, you know, we've uh, just in our in our values uh, here at the village. We say, you know, the village church, the village church. We exist to to delight in Jesus, to declare the good news about Jesus, and to display the life of Jesus 
because every village needs Jesus. So even in our statement there, I mean, you heard yeah. his name quite a right, few times. Right. And, and that's intentional for us. We just, we feel like uh, we really don't want to ever get too far away yeah. from, from, from him. That's, that's why these sure. purpose statements are there. So going through Matthew, has, has anything surprised you? About Matthew, obviously, you you know you've preached through other gospels, and you've you're you're a Christian, so you love Jesus, and you've taken a good look at his life. But has any passage just kind of has anything stood out, or has um, has God met you in any particular way in a, in a passage, something that um, yes. that stands out, or just anything that surprises you about what Matthew did with his text? Yeah, um, what really um, what really the only thing I would really focus on there is is the Sermon on the Mount. Um, you, you said, you know, you've been a Christian for a long time. The Sermon on the Mount made me wonder, am, am I a Christian? <laughs> you know, am I, am I, am I? It has that, um, that feel, it, right? You know, and, and, uh, and frankly, Craig, it, it kind of, it kind of hit me a little bit more than I thought it would. Hmm. Um, and it kind of made me ask myself, you know, what, what am I, what am I doing? Hmm. Um, like what am, what am I really doing? You know, as, as a Christian, not as a pastor, how, how am I living? And so if you go back and if you listen to my sermons, you know, through the, through the Sermon on the Mount, honestly, I, I don't think some of them were very great sermons in a sense if on my, you know, if I'm rating myself or whatever, I just, I was struggling through it. Hmm. I was struggling through the Sermon on the Mount and uh, it hit me kind of like a ton of bricks. Hmm. And so that, that would be it for sure. Wow. Yeah. That is, I mean, that is that I was just listening to, um, uh, Preston Sprinkle's podcast, Theology in the Raw, and he was mm-hmm. preaching a message on um, loving your enemies. And mm-hmm. he was just saying how as North American evangelicals, um, it's almost been ingrained in us. Um, no, you hate your enemies. Yeah. You destroy your enemies. Right. You send B-52s over them and you destroy them. Like that's yeah. that's kind of the American way. And yeah. when you read the Sermon on the Mount, it is, it's being confronted with my own hatred, mm-hmm. my own tendency to violence my own um selfishness yeah and here's jesus saying well that's not the way no there's a different way man yeah and matter of fact you know when you're getting when you're getting to you know i'm now i'm at the 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 parable of the the 10 virgins you know and you know we're going to get into matthew 25 what you did and didn't do Right. right um there were five virgins that were prepared there were five that were unprepared you know, and uh, and ironically, uh, you know, Matthew seven, right? Lord, Lord, right. I never knew you. I just, you know, I just preached on the parable of the ten virgins. Lord, Lord, can't come in. Did I invite you? Kind of thing, right? I mean, uh, similar. And so, actually, this this past week, kind of grabbed me again. You know, mm-hmm. just just thinking about even people in in my church who may have had some kind of experience, um, but uh, but are not. I don't think too prepared and. Mm. Uh, so I think obedience trumps experience every time. Huh. Wow, that's anyway. uh, that's well, that's you're bringing the fire now. <laughs> <laughs> it's my own stuff, man. I'm I'm talking to myself. I could use a little oil and water after that's this. That's right. I mean, yeah, just, you sprinkle know. me. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, how much longer do you, are you going to have? You're going to have in Matthew another. Yeah, just ten, twelve. Yeah, just a few more weeks here. We're going to hit summertime. Okay. Uh, we're going to head back in uh, September. We're going to wrap up uh, by mid-November. We're going to head into Advent season, and then we'll head into Daniel in January. Man, Daniel! Now that's a whole nother—that's a whole nother ball of wax. Oh it's, yeah, uh, you're not—you're not picking the easy ones. Oh gosh, the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> like hey, I just think we... it's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, right. And and listen, when I get when I get to the second half of Daniel, um, you know, I'm I'm unfortunately I'm <laughs> not going to be able to do like a David Jeremiah. Sure. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not. You're gonna... not going to get a big chart put it all on the yeah i'm i'm probably not the best guy for that you might need to see someone else yeah. but uh but i think i think we'll do a good <laughs> job together at our church so when you think about your people here at village what do you think people would be most surprised about about your process of going from text to message or your preaching prep or planning like if people were were to kind of watch you and see you like what do you think they would would surprise them um, I think it would surprise them how much time it takes still. Yeah. And, um, and how many different, uh, modes, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in as I'm preparing. So, um, you know, frankly, it just takes me a long time still. I yeah. was talking about my, with my wife about this the other day. I was thinking, you know, babe, I, 
I don't know. I've been doing this a long time, yeah. and you would think I could shave some minutes off this sucker. <laughs> <laughs> I would just be able to nail it by now, you know, right. kind of thing on my preparation. And uh, you know, I had a, a really good friend remind me say, you know, if if this was e- if this was easy, the preparation wouldn't be easy. If God wanted it to be easy for you, right. it would be easy. God doesn't want this to be easy for you. This should be hard work. Right. It's good work, but it's hard work, and it should be hard work. Yeah. Uh, you shouldn't take lightly what you're doing. So sometimes I just want it to be easy. Right. And frankly, you know what? Sometimes it is. I, I, I could give you examples of like, you know, I'm driving the car. That picture hits me. I'm in the shower, and literally I right. feel like the whole message is downloaded. I get out. I type up some stuff, and I literally in an hour feel like I'm yeah. done. I got I 80, like I'm 80% done. percent Yeah, yeah, done. it's crazy. Boom. And there's other weeks, honestly, I'm grinding it yeah. out. And I'm and I'm thinking to myself, I don't think there's any gross sin in my life. I don't think right. I'm, you know, off in this way or that way. Yeah. It's just I'm grinding it out. Yeah. So I think people would be surprised that after this long, it still takes me a long time. Yeah. You know, maybe 15 hours-ish yeah. a, a week, right? I mean, yeah. at least. And then um, I think the other thing would be they'd be surprised that I'm doing a lot of different things. So uh, I'm up early in the morning. I'm on my knees. I'm praying. Uh, I'm, I'm at my stand-up desk trying to knock stuff out. Uh, I'm, I'm on my couch in my office, you know, in books, uh, and in more books. I'm on my run, uh, listening to worship music and trying to hear and listen. I'm dictating stuff to myself. I'm going over my sermon as I'm running. You know, I feel like when I run, my mind works well. Yeah. If you exercise, maybe right. you, you get that. And, and so I feel like I'm really in a clear place when I'm running. And so a lot of my sermon prep, it happens on the three or four runs I take every yeah. week, you know. And so I'm in a lot of different environments preparing. And uh, I think that would surprise folks. Yeah, and there's no one uniform place. Where do you feel, huh. I mean... If you get stuck, what do you do? Is it run? Do you, is it the run? If I get stuck, I run or I go outside. Um, there's actually a, a place just right down here, uh, Oak Creek Golf Course. It's right down the street from our our place. I grew up playing the junior PGA, so golf is a uh, golf feels like home to me. Yeah. But uh, the guy that runs that place is a really great great guy, a Christian brother, and um, yeah, I, I I grab a table outside and uh, might just you know grab something to drink or grab a lunch, and, and I hang out there for an hour or two and just sort of get in a place that's beautiful, yeah. um, that's local. I might you know head off somewhere else um, just to get, get in around some nature a little yeah. bit, you know, kind of get outside. So that's kind of what I do. Yeah. Oh, that's good. It's, and it is, you think about what, it does sound like, I mean, we were talking before this that there's not an office here, but you've got the home office, and you've got these various standing desks, sitting desks, yeah. couch, all these different yeah, places. Yeah, I move around. And so, um, so do you are music earbuds? Are you just yeah, yeah, yeah? Music sometimes. Uh, yesterday I was uh, listening to some like instrumental worship project on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's just like I, I got listening to classical music on yeah. my sabbatical, so I, I got the ninety-one point five on on my on my you know my car KUSC. My kids are like dad. Dad, but uh, so <laughs> I've got this voice. Yes, that was Tchaikovsky. <laughs> you know, and you would think by now I would I would know who is what, but I have right, no right, idea. I have no. All I know is that it makes me breathe slower and drive slower. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I put on some classical music and uh, sort of go to town. Sometimes I just like being quiet. You know, when I'm yeah. reading, I actually just like being quiet. I don't yeah. like music going. Is there? Are you? Do you do? I love hearing about the routines, and I think routines are a great. Um, way to think about the creative process does a lot where does your most productive stuff happen in the morning afternoon evening um when you think about routine yeah most productive stuff for me happens um in this little hour window after my devotional time in the morning just my personal devotional time yeah and before the family's really kind of getting ready for school and doing all that um, I feel like, you know, I come out of devotional time and I, I have something I want to, you know, jot down or write down for myself and things I'm praying over. And, and there's this connection sometime, you know, maybe my heart's open, you know, in uh, a particular way to the Lord. And I feel like I get ideas about my sermon after my devotional time when yeah. I'm not even in that text. Right. Right. So that's a, that little 35 to, f- to mm. 50 minutes, you know, ish is like that, that a lot happens there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also a lot happens, uh, just, kind of mid-morning-ish once I've uh, kind of done my morning routines and helped get the family going with their day and and together with my wife and uh, and you know I'm 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 on my run and I'm, I'm back I've my, my I got my protein shake right yeah. I'm, I'm feeling good I'm yeah. you know I'm uh, sort of settled in feel like I'm I'm kind of caring for my soul a little bit in the morning uh-huh. I'm caring for my body a little bit in the morning and then kind of mid-morning around 10 o'clock I can really dive in I say between 10 and noon um is a really, really productive yeah, time for me. Time. So I know a lot of guys, different guys have different right. rhythms. Different rhythms. For me, honestly, between t- 12 and noon and then between like 2 and 4 is yeah. really good. 
but uh, those kind of two-hour chunks are really, really good for me. Yeah, that's good. That's is there coffee in there? Or are you? I'm, I'm just. You know what? You know. I, every now and then, I'm more of a social drinker. Okay. You know, social so drinker. well, I mean, yeah. I well, you know, you understand what I go, I'm saying. I got what you're saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, sometimes a little bit, a lot of water actually. Yeah. Yeah, water yeah. makes me feel uh, feel alive. That's good. Well, it's great. I mean, to hear about routine, and I think that a lot of um, a lot of people out there, if they're just getting started, finding that routine, finding the things that work, finding kind yeah. of what what are the things that get the juices flowing. How do we care for? How do you care for yourself? Yep. And how do you then care for your flock in yeah. terms of your prep? Yeah. So that's really helpful. Really helpful. So. I appreciate it, Matt. It's just it's good to be here to see what you're doing, to hear about your process, to hear about what you're preaching. Um, Thanks, Greg. Can people where can people hear your sermons? Aha, uh-huh. villagechurchirvine.com, probably slash resources okay. or well, slash uh, sermons somewhere or something on there, like there's that. A sermon and then it's on iTunes, uh, so you can look us up on iTunes. Okay. And, and that kind of thing too. Yeah. Anywhere else on media, Acts twenty nine, where can oh, people find man. you on there? Uh, I think we're pretty simple, brother. We're just we got a website. We got some. We got some. Uh, some podcasts going and uh, yeah, every now and then someone might throw up a link that we do somewhere else but for the most part that's where you'll get it well we'll put some of that stuff in the show notes so that uh, if if the listeners want to see it or uh, get at that some of that media but great yeah thanks so much for for being on the podcast yeah Craig thanks for asking me I appreciate it I uh, hope you enjoyed that conversation with Matt and just a good candid conversation about taking a good hard look at your preaching vocation and asking, how can I do it better? Uh, good, good stuff. So really grateful for Matt for making time for the podcast. If you'd like to hear any of Matt's sermons, uh, the link to the Village Church of Irvine is in the show notes. There's also a link to Acts 29, which is the network that he works with to church plant and to network churches, particularly in Orange County and the Western region. There's also a link to Talbot School of Theology, great place for training, uh, and that's where Matt received uh, a good amount of his own training. There's also a link for the Classical Music Station, 91.5 KUSC FM on, on your FM dial uh, you can find that link in the show notes, as well as um, an online free resource that he mentioned, the Blue Letter Bible, which is fantastic if you don't want to um, plunk down the money for Bible software. Although there is, um, he mentioned Logos, I like Accordance, and so, um, but check those out in the show notes. A couple things you can do for the podcast. You can go and you can rate us on iTunes and review us on iTunes. It helps the podcast because it gets the profile up. And that would be fantastic. So um, you can also see our Patreon page if you'd like to become a patron of the podcast. We'd love it. Um, Anyhow, having a great time doing this. Thanks so much to Matt for making time for the podcast. And we will see you all on the next episode of the Teaching Pastor Podcast. I want to hear the good Lord say well.